Are you ready? They think you can tell us what to do. You think you can tell us what to wear. You think that you're better. Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down. DJ Nation fam, what is up? What is happening? It's another DFS DJ Nation pod coming to you live for the divisional round slate. And I'm joined by my usual co-host. I'm, I'm Ryan Williams. I go on Twitter by Ryan Alexander underscore W. Joined by my usual co-host, Kevin Steele at FantasyRad13. And we are joined once again, gratefully, by the TQE dynamic duo, Mr. Derek Brown at dbro underscore FFB and Maddie Dickinson at Maddie DTQE. Fellas, what is going on? Maddie, I was waiting for you to lead off. I was waiting for you to <laughs> <laughs> The dynamic duo, they can't even get it together. <laughs> well, what do you mean to talk about? Who was going to go first? I didn't know this was a Star Wars moment. You talk yeah. first, I talk first. Adam, let's go. Me and Derek uh, really talk about everything throughout the week, and that's one of the things we didn't talk about was who was going to talk first. But no, I'm doing good, man. It's uh, I I was uh, on a pod with uh, Brian Intrican earlier, Casey Bubba on Twitter, um, and I, I mentioned to him that this is probably the last week that I'm going to go heavy um, on on NFL. I'll probably play the the championship week, but it's going to be a little lighter for me. Um, this will probably be my last heavy week, so I'm I'm looking forward to one going out with a bang on NFL. Yeah, Fair dude. Enough. That's exactly how I'm feeling. This flash, that little four-gamer here, it's time to bank some stuff and ride off into the sunset. Um, showdown is a wild, wild jungle, dude. I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll throw some entries in there, but this last one, I'm really just tossing in the paper for it. So I'm ready, man. We've been uh, – I love these short slates. It feels like every time we get one of these, like, playoff slates, I just feel like I get all this deja vu of, like, Thanksgiving and all kinds of stuff. I love these damn slates. There's so many – great spots you can get leverage and especially with the teams we got to rock here it looks juicy fellas i'm ready <laughs> oh it's going to be an interesting one that's for sure uh wildcard weekend fellas anything that you guys want to talk about from that weekend or just oh, let yeah. it be what it is <laughs> nah, dude. The, sa- the saints offensive line screwed everything for me like yeah. i went heavy into that game and it totally flipped the script like, they got blown off the line, so, like, that, it just – Adam Thielen got there and stuff like that, but past that, man, there was a lot of things that I felt like – there was surprising, like, like 2% outcomes that happened with the Saints and Vikings, and then you had the Bills just had, – had the attack plan and the way to advance in that first half, and then after the they, – they went to the locker room, and they were like, all right, all these things that we're doing, that we're ripping them apart and we're winning – Let's just do the opposite. Right. Let's not do that shit anymore. Like that that's working too well. So let's do the opposite of whatever doesn't work. So yeah, I mean I'm I'm lit. I did I I, I did not um have a total bloodbath, but that weekend could have been a whole lot better, man. I'll say that. Yeah, I hear you on that, brother. Go ahead, Derek. Uh Maddie. I was just gonna say I did have a bloodbath. I, I lit it up on that game on all, all basically all three of my teams that I played. Um and yeah, outside of Thielen, 
I mean, I, I went. I was all in on Michael Thomas. He was a bus. Uh, outside of Thielen, it was just not pretty. One of my teams was Diggs, Cousins, Thielen, Stack running it back with uh, Michael Thomas, and yeah, I mean, the game just didn't it didn't shoot out. But like I was telling Derek uh, earlier today, I said, "What would you have said the final score was if I told you uh, Drew Brees went twenty six of thirty three? Uh, Dalvin Cook had under four yards per carry, and Kirk and Kirk Cousins went nineteen of thirty one. You would probably tell me the Saints win by seventeen, and yeah. somehow the Vikings pulled it out. So I think that their luck is is, is going to run thin here. All right, Kevin. Uh, it's been four minutes since you said anything. I know you're chomping at the bit. Get in here. How you doing, bud? I'm doing all right. I just want to see if anybody wants to will take my rose this week and uh, max it. <laughs> <laughs> you get six hundred lineups going. Hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Let's do it, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally down for that. I mean, it's been a wild <laughs> week on fucking uh, old DFS fucking Twitter, right? We got Bachelor Gate, we got fucking Draft Cheat trying to box people again. I mean, it, it's been fucking oh, lit in, in here. Oh, so I mean, 2020 has been off the chain so far. So I'm ready for it. The Chiefs play on uh, <laughs> Sunday. Uh, the Vikings are going to knock off the 49ers on on Saturday, and. Uh, I think the Vikings go to the Super Bowl, but I know people are going to say it's crazy, but uh, I think the Vikings are the 20, what, 2018 Falcons is what I think. Uh, I think people are sleeping on this team. This team has way too much offensive talent, and I think people just were uh, overlooking them a little bit, thinking that the Saints were going to roll them, uh, completely forgetting about Dalvin Cook. and you know Even Diggs didn't do shit, but, I mean, they still have Diggs. They still have Thielen. They still have Kyle Rudolph and with, a, with an above-average defense, like, I don't know. I think people are sleeping on the Vikings, and I think that's silly. Uh, we've seen the the 49er defense, for example, uh, really be had, uh, especially you know the last half of the season, and there's no reason to tell me that they, they can't go to San Francisco and knock them off and then head to either Seattle, Green Bay, and, and get a win there. So I don't know. I think people are still sleeping on the Vikings, and I think that's ridiculous. I will say I think Green Bay and Seattle are both frauds, so I think whichever team comes out of Minnesota-San Francisco is going to the Super Bowl. Agreed. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely side with that. I'd, I'd, Green Bay is is getting a lot of ink for not being half as damn good as they think they are. Yeah, uh, well, I, I have money on <laughs> C- I have money on Seattle. I mean, if they have to host that game against Minnesota, I think that's like just writing on the wall for them to get back there. Um, and Russ, I trust. I guess if if they were to go into Lambeau, handle business, do what they need to do, I feel like they get there. They've been there before. You know, we'll, we'll see how Minnesota looks against San Fran. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's we got some good, interesting matchups going on um, in all the games. I mean, really. So let's let's get into it and, and talk about it from the quarterback perspective. We got Lamar Jackson at the top here who, I, I mean, you know, we're talking about 300 lineups, Kev. I, I wonder what your exposure would be to Lamar Jackson. He's 8,400, but um, what this guy's been doing has just been incredible all season long. Uh, gets a Tennessee defense that really, you know, look legit, but they're going against the Tom Brady that, um, you know, looked old. Like the Patriots looked like they couldn't get anything going. Um, so I really don't know what to think about this Titans D all too much. I mean, Lamar Jackson has, has proven he's been matchup proof just because of his rushing upside. Uh, I think he's only had less than 60 rushing yards in, in two games all season. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'll pull up the, the logs here, but he's, he's been hitting the over on Vegas lines of rushing yards pretty much in every game. And, and with Mark Ingram being banged up, 
which we can talk about it when we get to the running backs. But I think he'll he'll pretty much put this team on his shoulders. Uh, the last time we saw Lamar Jackson in the playoffs against the Chargers looked like ass. So I think he's got a lot to prove as well to himself and and to the nation that uh, you know he Baltimore is legit. So he's up there at the top. He, you're going to pay hefty price tag for him. We got Pat Mahomes right behind him, nine hundred dollars cheaper home matchup against Houston. Houston, we talked about it last week, Kevin and I. Uh, on the podcast, how bad they are. I think they're seventh uh, worst DVOA against the pass. They allow the second most fantasy points to the quarterback position. Uh, Pat Mahomes, I think, sets up great for tournaments. This game has the highest over-under on the slate. Um, people are looking at his game logs, I feel like, at least from the traction that I've seen thus far. And just, you know, not really – they're just underselling him, I, I feel like. And uh, and with so many people going to another uh, KC guy in uh, in this matchup who's 6K at a different position, I think that ownership could come down on Patrick Mahomes. So I do like him for tournaments. Deshaun Watson in that same game, even cheaper uh, going down at 6700 I mean, you know, I don't want to talk about everybody, but here's a guy that pretty much just put the team on his back last week against Buffalo. Uh, Really remarkable what he was able to do. Salvaged his game without DeAndre Hopkins, uh, 20 or 25, even though he got sacked seven times, uh, only a touchdown passing, but he had the touchdown rushing which really saved them there. Um, Outside of that, you know, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Rockwell, and Ryan Tannehill are going to round it out for us. Um, For me, uh, and I'll I'll toss it over to Kev to go next, but um, I I really just like trying to get to Pat Mahomes uh, with the stacks there in that high over under. If I'm not going with him, I think I probably feel the most comfortable if I'm not playing Lamar Jackson in tournaments to go to uh, Russell Wilson. I think that, and I said this last week with Seattle and and Philly, but Carson Wentz getting injured, I think it didn't come to fruition, but I think that that game shaped up for a really good uh, sneaky shootout. I think that Green Bay and Seattle also shapes up pretty well for a sneaky shootout. I mean, Seattle has no, the defense was just, I think people will think, look at Seattle's defense and look how well they did. And it's like, that was against McCown. Like, I don't give a fuck about that. They got to play against Aaron Rodgers now. And I think these two teams, they played each other before. These games have been freaking bananas. And, you know, Russ, the way that the running back position shaped up for Seattle, I think Russ is going to be be in a position to throw the ball a lot. Um, I think with Aaron Jones being there and Aaron Rodgers, he could find himself in the position he's playing from behind. And I just like the narrow distribution of targets. Like I'm not playing Jacob Hollister, but when you're talking about a guy like DK Metcalf in the 6K range and Tyler Lockett probably going under owned and Tyler Lockett when he's been on, he's only had two games, I think, where he's actually had slate breaking upside. But like you had to have him those weeks because I think it was a 30 burger and a 40 burger so if he hits um I think that'll be a a very low owned stack that I feel very comfortable with so um that's kind of where I'm at right now it's very you know we're recording this on Thursday so it's still early on still got some places to go but Kev talk to me about quarterback position and what you're seeing what you're like piggyback off someone you said it's I mean I think you really have to make a decision because you're gonna take a stand here I mean if you play Patrick Mahomes or even Lamar Jackson even more so you're going to have to take a stand on this one because if you're wanting to pay up for the, the high-priced running backs, I mean, I, I, it's going to be tough to be able to fit in like a Patrick Mahomes with Tyreek and, you know, like a Travis Kelsey type stack. Like, I think if you're going to run it, I think it's going to be – it's going to have to be Pat Mahomes. 
you know, I, I don't mind pairing him with, with Damian Williams um, because how much they use him out of the backfield or going down to probably one of the better value plays on the slate and going like with McCall Hardman who has, you know, you're hoping for that 60-yard that touchdown that he provides because, you know, that's kind of the way they use him. He's not somebody who's going to see heavy targets or anything like that. But or even I guess a Sammy Watkins. That dude has been trashed since week one. But, I mean, so if you're playing Patrick Mahomes, you're going to have to kind of take a stand on it in my opinion because right now with running backs, there's not a lot of like cheap running backs that you, I think you, you fall in love with that, that are great plays. Like I think most of them reside up top. So, you know, I think even playing like a Lamar Jackson, if you were playing him, I think playing him naked would be uh, one way that I would look to go. And then you could still play up at running back and pay down at wide receiver. I think that's a, an, an interesting uh, spot to be in as well. But, I mean, right now you look at the, the team totals right now, and the Chiefs have the highest at 30.25 implied point total. Then you have Lamar Jackson, who's second at 28. And then you have a lot of teams that are kind of in that 25 to the 20 to 25 range. Um, with Ryan Tannehill on the Titans being only at 19, the only team I think that's sub 20 on the slate. But um, I don't know. So right now for me, I think if I, you know, if I have to, it's going to be Pat Mahomes. Um, I do like Kirk Cousins, uh, like I mentioned. I think that you compare him with the Thielen or Diggs. Uh, Diggs is actually priced down this week. I think he's what 5600. I think which is uh, way too cheap for him, in my opinion. Um, I know last week was a, a bit of a struggle for him, but um, I, I think they can kind of get back on board with him. And uh, Right now, I have to monitor what's happening with Adam Thielen. I believe they said it was a cut. I don't, they said, at first, they said an ankle. Now, mm-hmm. I believe they said he, he was cut, and he actually had to have stitches in his ankle, I believe, is what I saw today on Twitter. Um, so it sounds like he's going to be good to go. So as long as we have their full complement of weapons, and he's the cheapest quarterback, I believe, on this slate as well, or the second cheapest. But, I mean, that price tag is hard to get away from from and stacking him the only thing i don't like about it is kind of like we talked about last week is playing quarter you know playing these guys that are playing on that first slate is tough because they can kind of if, if you're somebody like maddie who only plays one or two lineups and you and you, you have heavy you know and you're playing those guys your your weekend can be over with very quickly no true enough kev true enough uh derek maddie our guest here uh quarterback position what have you guys been uh finding yourself leaning to where where are you guys uh Matt, you want to kick it off? Oh, <laughs> you want to flip it to me? Yeah, all right. all right, all right. Um, dude, I, I honestly think I, I have a hard time getting Lamar Jackson. And the, the fact of it is is that who are you going to pair him with and feel really good about? I mean, I get like probably the most viable is Mark Andrews. But when we get to tight end, man, there's just there's other options on this slate that I really like that I feel like you can gain some value as far as tight end. But Lamar Jackson, like – you're probably going to run him naked, and if that's the case, dude, I'm just going to go down and and, and lock in uh, Deshaun Watson and run him naked because he could get there. Like last week, he mm. got there, and he pulled nobody with him. None of his wide receivers went off, nothing like that. So if I'm going to run a quarterback naked and not stack him and go for a correlation, it's going to be Watson over Jackson. And like Kev is talking about, you're paying up for Lamar Jackson. There are other quarterbacks on this slate that have that 30, 35-point upside. So what are you really gaining by getting up to 8,400? I mean, you're killing yourself because what wide receivers are you going to be able to pay up for? What running backs are you going to be able to pay up for? I mean, I would much rather, if I'm going to go with a naked quarterback, I'm going to go with Watson. And as far as the other quarterbacks that I like on this slate, I like Russ. I think that game can go over and could shoot out. Uh, We've seen Russ, like when Seattle is pushed, I, I, look, I love Marshawn Lynch as much as the next person, and I think Travis Homer does have some juice, but even versus the Packers, that's a split backfield. If they can't run the ball real well, they're going to be forced to throw, especially if the Packers get up early on them. And we've seen Russ, when they're pushed, 
He has these huge games. Like Tampa, he broke the damn slate. He could do that here. And I, like Maddie was talking about, I, I can't remember if we were on air or not, but Green Bay is a fraud, dude. We're going to get to it. Their secondary is not nearly as good as people think they are. And so if people are still in the narrative that they think that the Green Bay defense is good, like actually good, then I think that Seattle is not going to carry half as much ownership as some people think. But I don't know, man. Like for me right now, it's either naked Watson, Russ, uh, or I'm going to Mahomes because the Texans are trash. Their secondary is trash. Like the Bills just shit the bed last week. Like Casey can light up the Texans secondary, and you do that by you pick them apart underneath. And everybody's talking about, like, Tyreek Hill has added a facet to his game this year. He's not just his deep bomb threat. About half of his target share, I don't know the numbers in front of me, but almost about half of his target share is not deep bombs. It's underneath routes. He's become more complete receiver. So KC could pick them apart all damn day long. And people want to talk about running backs and quarterbacks don't correlate well. Dude, I'm all about some Mahomes, Damian Williams, and Tyreek and just move on and, and figure out the rest of your lineup. So that's where I'm at. Where you at, Maddie? I mean, we might as well just move to running backs. You just said everything that I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I love the, uh, the Mahomes, Williams, Tyreek stack. I, I don't think many people are going to go there. And you're, you're essentially getting every single point that the Chiefs score, um, playing, pairing both Mahomes and Williams together. Uh, we, we've seen Williams. We can talk about it when we get to running backs. But, um, yeah, like like you said, Mahomes is, is not going to have any issue uh, tearing apart that Houston defense. And then I think figuring out that Green Bay-Seattle game is very important to this slate um, because that is the only game, I think, outside of Kansas City game that can go nuclear. Uh, I think the, the San Francisco-Minnesota game can be slow. Both teams are going to want to run the football if they can. Um, and if Thielen's banged up, that, that's a concern for Minnesota as a whole, moving the football down the field. You've got San Francisco playing Minnesota, where Minnesota's given up zero touchdowns to the tight end position. So uh, Kittle, the biggest part of that passing offense, is is all of a sudden in, in a bad matchup. Um, and, and they've faced some good tight ends. So it's I think that that game, while it may have some allure on the – on the surface, I think that that game could end up being one of the lower scoring defensive minded games on the slate. And then you've got Tennessee and Baltimore, which supposedly it's going to be some nasty weather there. It's late, cold, uh, heavy rain, 20 mile an hour winds. And if that's the case, are they talking about bad weather in green Bay too? Uh, supposedly that's pregame though. I think, I mean, honestly, I'm on hashtag team just fade the weather. So, but oh, yeah, I, I get it. I, get I don't it. think the Green Bay game is an issue because the, the wind, there's no wind. I, I looked right before we hopped on and I saw a zero to one mile an hour in Green Bay. But the wind in, in Baltimore is, I think yeah. it's north of 20. So um, that's definitely where I, I start to make adjustments on the passing game. And you've got two teams there that also want to run the football. So, yeah, I, I can't pay for it for Lamar. Uh, it's, it's Mahomes, Watson, um, and, and you got to figure out Russ or Rodgers, I think, because that that game, I think, is the best chance to go nuclear out, outside of Houston, Kansas City. So I, th- I feel like that with, at least on the Houston side of things, that if you're going to run things back, I think one thing to 
to look at is the fact that the Chiefs lost Juan Thornhill in the Week 17 matchup, which is a huge blow to that defense because he's kind of like that center fielder where they've used where they've where they've used uh, the Honey Badger as sort of like a hybrid. They just kind of move him all over the field. They bring him up on the line, have him rush. They have him play all over the place. Where now they're going to basically going to be asking either Kendall Fuller, who is a slot yeah. corner who really struggles at that point and doesn't have the speed that Juan Thornhill does or the ball skills, or it's going to be Armani Watts who is a player who when he came out drafted in the fifth round last year a lot of people like talked about his ball skills but he is very raw he played he played sparingly last year then went on IR then this year he's only played like 27 snaps so I think if I was going to run it back or or play Deshaun Watson like I want a ton of Will Fuller um we know it you can't. I'm not taking really anything from what happened week six when the Texans and the Chiefs played. I know people are going to talk about how the, the Texans are able to run the ball over them and they won that game. But this is a completely different game. Pat Mahomes was banged up. Tyree Kill only played 50% of the snaps in that game. You had Eric Fisher, their starting left tackle. Chris Jones was out. I mean, this is a completely different game. But the point I guess I'm getting at is, is with the loss of Juan Thornhill, I think that kind of – the Chiefs have been very good at really limiting the deep ball this year and stopping that. And I – think that with the loss of Juan Thornhill, that could kind of open up the deep ball for Houston as long as Will Fuller plays. And I think he's going to play. He sounded like he was close last week and they held him out. So if Will Fuller plays, although there is the chance of that re-injury, but man, I think Will Fuller's like 5K. Like it's going to be hard not to be 60, 70% on Will Fuller because I think that that's going to be a big problem for Kansas City with the loss of Thornhill. And I think that's going to be something that they're going to have to figure out. And like I said, what their best options is Kendall Fuller and Amar Amar Watts and then sorry ass Dan Sorensen, who is shouldn't be playing. Like, um, but so right now, I think that is something an area that I would look to exploit if I was the Texans. Well, to your point, Kev, I looked at snaps and stuff like that. It's Fuller that I think they're going to put in that role because his snaps. He was he's been you know their primary slot corner like you're talking about. I looked at a. The last game he played and his snaps were all over the place. They had him like a linebacker, free safety, everywhere, dude. So I think the the role you're speaking of, I think it's gonna be fuller that fills it. Yeah, we'll we'll see the way it works because I mean I, I think that I think we could end up seeing some sort of a rotation, but it's still a downgrade from what Juan Thornhill was. Like Juan Thornhill quietly, especially over the last like six to eight weeks, had really started to turn it on. Um, so I don't know. I well, guess we'll Fuller's, see, Fuller's trash too. So not not Will Fuller, but Kendall Fuller. Yeah, he's not uh, nearly as good as uh, everybody thought he was going to be when the Chiefs traded yeah. for him. But That's a know. boost to Mahomes, too, if the defense takes a hit. We'll yep. see. I, I don't know. I mean, because uh, I still think that you see this team come out and with their hair on fire and uh, chip on their shoulder um, because of what happened. So well, that's why, fun that, stat, too. That's Andy what so scares me right Reed, now. Go ahead. Well, it's just, it's just what scares me about the, the Texans side is I, I don't know. Like, this feels like a game similar to what we saw with the Colts last year where the Chiefs just fucking lay the hammer on them uh, at home. Um, kind of everything kind of lines up for that. And this defense that is playing much better, again, though, like I talked about that loss. But I don't know. Like, playing Watson is super risky because I could see a scenario where he gets you 12. Yeah, um, but I, I playing, think he from, keeps playing from behind, I, yeah, playing from behind, I think he's going to be running around a ton. Dude, yeah, I, I think, and that to me, if that's how you kind of think the game goes, to me that reinforces playing Watson naked for me yeah. because Watson's going to get there. I think he's had like I saw a stat on Twitter, and I know he finds a damn way to keep it within a touchdown every single freaking game. Like it's going back to college. Like this dude just he goes god mode. Like the last time they played, he had two rushing touchdowns. He he compensates, and even if you don't want to play Fuller, which I'm not. 
I don't know if I'm going to even look at Fuller this week. I just, I that guy scares the shit out of me. Like his, his, uh, I, I just, I feel like he's got the upside. And yeah, I get that. Like he dropped three touchdowns or whatever. Like last time that he played, this dude is like one bad like turn just away from gimping and blowing all your lineups. I, I'm really a big fan of going just Watson naked this week and and him getting there because he could definitely do it and not take anybody with him, like even Hopkins. Interesting. Um, I, I do want I want to keep it moving here, running back, and we can get back onto these positions because I do think it it does um, it just drives the conversation to keep talking about these games and how things can go and play out. Um, and which Kevin and I talked about last week, like you get these game scenarios right. And you could be, you know, feeling pretty good about yourself. I mean, even I mean, we saw the Millie lineup. The Millie lineup had a Deshaun Watson, Kenny Stills, and Dave Fells in it. I couldn't believe it. I was like, is this a joke? Um, but if some of these other guys hit, I think it's important to talk about. I, I do think I would feel more comfortable playing Watson with somebody in this game with KC just because of the high over over under that it has. Um, at 51, I just, I just feel like to get there for him to get there, he has to bring somebody along. I don't think he can fall into it with a Buffalo, uh, the way the Buffalo had it. Um, there's a lot of matchups to exploit. I do get you, Derek, that it is tough to play, uh, fuller at that price, even at that price tag, um, because of the injury. And I played him that week when he left with the hamstring injury, it didn't feel great. Um, so he's definitely prone to go back and do it again. Let's move it on. I will say one last thing, uh, just to touch on real quick for Lamar Jackson, he is eight, four. It's been one of the, we saw him week 16. He was 8,000. That was the highest. So most of these 35, 34, 33 point matchups we were getting him or getting from him. He was at the seven K range. Um, so definitely a higher price bump, but in those games, we saw him get pulled early. Do we think that there's a chance if Baltimore, let's just say it's 35 to seven, in the third quarter, is Lamar coming out of the game, which then would hurt him, or is he still playing? Because I feel like if we think that he's playing the whole game, regardless of like maybe six minutes left in the fourth quarter or what have you, that will lead to him getting closer to a 40 threshold in some of these other games where he scored 33, 34, 35, but got pulled like halfway through the third or even at the beginning of the fourth because they were blowing people out of the water. Well, it goes back to if they're blowing people out, he's the only guy that's scoring the touchdowns. So, yeah, if they've, if they've got 35 points, he's got five touchdowns, basically, is how I look at it, especially if Ingram's right. banged up. I, I, um, I think it, I think it comes down to what do you think this, this game script looks like? Does Tennessee try to, like, slow it all the way the hell down and just run the ball and try to keep him off the field as well? Like, does he get the right. volume to kind of get there? I mean, he doesn't need much volume to get there. So I don't. I honestly think this this game, like he could get there in this game, and he'll play the entire game. But man, it's it's just the it's, the opportunity cost for me at quarterback is not tough. big enough. Yeah, to warrant me paying eight point four k. Because like if Mahomes has a bad game, what does he score? Twenty one points, and that's what 12, 13 points off of Lamar's really good floor that he has yeah. mid thirties. And then, Mah- at- and then if Mahomes has a good game, he can score thirty-five, and and you're saving nine hundred in salary. Um, or or Watson. Or I mean, even Watson. Yeah, if he so. if Watson runs in two touchdowns again, um, I, I mean, it's hard to bank on a quarterback running in two touchdowns. 
but Watson is a mobile quarterback and that's part of his game. Um, I mean, he's got that 50, 50 rush yards and a touchdown rushing upside. So there's 11 points before you even start counting passing stats in a game that we're projecting Houston to play from behind. Um, and then you look at Russ, the Seattle doesn't have a, have a running back. Like, yeah, Marshawn Lynch and Homer, I mean, they're serviceable, but Seattle's not going to go give those guys 40 carries. Um, Right. I mean, the fact that Homer just had more carries than Marshawn last week is telling. Against well, a Philly defense that you can't really run on. So Homer was in the game more for pass personnel. But um, the fact that Homer saw double-digit carries, 11 carries for, what, 12 yards or something like that, and Marshawn Lynch had yeah. six carries. Yeah, they're, like, they're going to lean on Russ to win them playoff games. And I could, I, I just could see that Seattle game uh, yeah. getting into a shootout. And you've got Russ who, if, if they are losing – um, Russ, we've seen his mobility as well. So it's not like you're, you're playing, paying down for quarterbacks that, that don't have rushing upside, like a, a Kirk Cousins or something, because you would need, you would need Cousins to absolutely smash to, to really warrant playing him. You don't necessarily need those other QBs that we've just talked about to smash through the air because they all have the rushing upside. Just seems to, Matt, to Maddie's point too, the other thing I want to, because I, I don't want to forget this point because running backs, I, I'm the, I don't give a crap about Seattle running backs, but um, with Russ, I think it need, does need to be mentioned too, that he might be missing like half of his damn offensive line this week too. Like both of their tackles have, have logged like DMPs. Their guard has logged a DMP. Russ might be rushing like running for his life, and Green Bay's like pass rush is not like amazingly like crazy stout, but he's got, got half of a guy. yeah. Well, that's fair, yeah, but my, my point is that like he <laughs> could be running around for his life, and that could increase like all these scrambles and broken plays for Russ, which we've seen him just go nuclear based off of that. So. Exactly. That's yeah. so. Those are some of the games we've seen Russ perform his best is when it's yep. just ba- backyard football. Yep, old school yard, run around, just do what you got to do, Russ. Go win us a game. Yeah, when they get in hurry up mode and he starts calling plays instead of the offensive coordinator, and yeah, I man, Russ's Russ's legs. I I think he could really. I think his ceiling is is as high as anybody's here. Forty five yards last week as well too on nine rushes. So because uh, I think they they did have a guy banged up last week on the line. If I did, if I not recall, Philly Philly was trying to bring the heat on him. So. Uh, yeah, definitely has some upside there. Kev, go ahead uh, with your point, and we'll move it on to running back. No, I was just gonna say, it's, like it, it's wild that like there hasn't been, I don't think, one mention of Aaron Rodgers on this uh, on this so far, and he's what the fifth highest priced quarterback on this slate in a game that you guys yeah. think that could be a, a shootout. Like I don't know, like this feels like one of those games with him though that it's like what was it that uh, was it? I don't remember what the week it was where he just went off um, and nobody was going like he was 5% ownership. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of feels like that. Like nobody's talking about Aaron Rodgers. They're at home. You know, I don't know. Seattle, Seattle secondary certainly can be had. Like they're definitely not uh, as scary as, you know, as the years, the years past. Yes. They don't necessarily have the weapons that they, they they usually do, but I mean, they they still have Devontae Adams. You can use, you know, the running backs out of the backfield. And I think Alan Lazard is, is, is a decent option as well as a number two, but you know, Jimmy Graham as well. But I, I don't know. Like, I just feel like, uh, we could be looking back on next week and be like, "Damn, uh, why didn't we play?" You know, Aaron Rodgers. But I don't know. I just thought it was it was interesting that he was never mm-hmm. even mentioned. No, no I definitely get that, especially like that. Like I mentioned, that that game is definitely the one game I could see going nuclear, and you would definitely want some Aaron Rodgers if that turns into a shootout. I guess my my one concern for for Rodgers there is you can run on Seattle, and we've seen Green Bay just go yeah. ahead and give. 
Jamal and, and Aaron uh, Aaron Jones 25, 30 carries and, and let Rodgers throw for 30, 30 attempts. Um, well, so at that point, he just has to be efficient. The other thing I could say, too, is that you could easily just play Aaron Jones and, and Adams and you got your right. entire exposure to, like, the entire That's Green Bay offense as concentrated it is. So you don't have to necessarily play Rodgers to get all of his upside. Yeah, because we've seen when Rodgers does spike, it's a lot of it has been passes to the running back position. Williams and, and Aaron yeah. Jones get involved. And even that game against Detroit, like I, I watched that whole game because I, I was I was heavily invested in Aaron Rodgers that weekend. But like that game won, it told me the Packers are not as good as everybody thinks they are um, because that was a must-win game and you're playing the Detroit freaking Lions and you're, you're struggling to beat them in a, in a game that you need to win to, to secure a, a first-round bye. Um, but second, Rodgers was – he would, yes, he was missing throws by like less than a foot, like fingertip balls are hitting off fingertips, but he just, it's just, it's literally the running back position. And then it's Devonte Adams is who he throws to and right. Lazard here and there. And then those are the only people he can trust. Exactly. And just like Graham's dust. Give me, give me Jones and Adams. <laughs> and I got my entire exposure to the, to the green Bay offense. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you, Maddie. That That's what I was going to say. I, I do like, and we'll talk about this at receiver, but I, I do kind of like Lazard. Um, so if I'm playing another guy, and, and I, I've thought about considering Jimmy Graham, just because it's Seattle, but if I'm considering playing somebody else besides those two, I'm going to stack them with Rodgers. I can't play those guys, I don't think, without a Rodgers stack, if that makes any sense. I could play Adams. I could play Jones and feel confident not having that exposure and, and running it back with the Seattle side. But uh, if you're playing Rodgers, like you got to have, you got to have one of, of Jones and or Devonte Adams and probably somebody else. That, that's just my thoughts on it. But uh, let, let's move to running back because when we're talking about Lamar Jackson, uh, I think that makes sense to kind of talk about another guy who's on the other side and Derek Henry, who has basically just, I, I mean, you know, don't be a prisoner to game locks, but my goodness, like what he's been doing the past, however many weeks it's been, Jesus Christ, uh, since week 10 against Kansas city, 188, 159, 149, 103, 86 to 11, 182. I mean, those are just insane godly numbers. Like this guy is legit matchup proof. And so even, even going against Baltimore, as you were kind of alluding to Derek, you know, it, Tennessee, like, I don't feel like they're going to abandon their philosophy at all, which is just like, if you're, if we are going to slow it down, we are just going to feed this dude regardless. And how many times did we see, you know, even when the Titans were down, it's like, we have one game plan and that's get this motherfucker the ball because he's just so, so good. And they, they will not try and abandon this unless it gets out of hand. And so if you think this game, if you don't think this is a Baltimore blowout, you have to at least consider Derrick Henry and just see what you can do with your lineups because this guy's been so phenomenal and his logs have been so good. I don't, I don't know like what, what's going to happen. And, and you're thinking about ownership, right? Like it's hard to get, it's hard to get Lamar and Derek and Damian Williams and then a, a wide receiver that you feel really comfortable about. So people are going to be making some sacrifices and it might start with Derrick Henry. It might be people might want to fade him. People are buying into the Baltimore hype. They're at home. And so I do think that he makes some some sense to it makes me scared to full fade him. Uh, so I am trying to build lineups with him because he's been so good. Dalvin Cook, 
you know, I, I love this guy. I think he's legit as well, too. Um, he just doesn't have the same upside, I don't feel like, as Derrick Henry. And somebody can correct me on that if not. But the, just the way that they're using Madison, I, I think they love him. I think they love spelling Cook. I think they know that this guy has been dealing with multiple injuries since he's been on the team. And I don't think they want to, you know, just – pound him into the ground with 30 carries every time. But this is a playoff game and this, you know, it is against San Francisco. So that could be wrong. Their wide receivers are banged up. Both Diggs is dealing with an illness and Thielen's got something going on. So he might just have to get the ball. Um, He's 8K though. I can't find myself getting to him. The San Francisco D has been legit, pretty much legit against the run all year. They've had some slip ups here and there, but Two hundred dollars. I'm gonna play Henry over Cook. That's just my philosophy. The other two guys who who basically have been talked about all week, Aaron Jones and and Damian Williams. I mean, Damian Williams, his price at six K is just. I I literally might be a hundred percent on him. I just don't know how you get away from that price tag. It makes so much sense. Uh, Devin Singletary was in the same matchup last week. Everybody was talking about playing him at right around the same price. He gets more of a pass. He gets more pass catching work than Devin Singletary does. He's played more snaps than Devin Singletary has. And he's just utilized as a Swiss army knife. He's got, I don't want to liken him to James White, but he kind of is like the K- the KC James White. He's going to be out there doing everything. The, the matchup is great. And he's balled out in the playoffs before. We saw this last postseason. He got hot. He got on a hot streak to end the season last year. So he finds himself in that same similar thing again. I Just at that price, I love him. Uh, Aaron Jones, he's a little bit pricier coming in at 7400 uh, so I, I think right now I'm leaning towards Devonte Adams, but I, I do want to get some exposure to Aaron Jones just because he's had, I mean, we were talking at one point that Aaron Jones had some of the best games at the running back position outside of Christian McCaffrey with his 50 point outburst and his 40 point outburst. So he, we've definitely seen what his upside could be, uh, which, which definitely makes me like him a lot, but, uh, I think, you know, if I can find a way to get some some of that $800 money to get up to Derrick Henry, I think that's where I would lean to go is Derrick Henry and Damian Williams on my lines. I do, uh, and Maddie, I'll let you start this time. I do like uh, Ricky Mostert as well at 5,800. And it basically just comes down to see uh, what San Francisco's identity is in rushing the ball, especially when they get in the red zone. And Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida's snaps have significantly declined in the past couple of games. So if he's going to get a lion's share of the work at 5,800, I think you can still feel comfortable, comfortable about that. And there's not really anything else that I like. I mean, if you want to, you know, if you're playing 150 lineups, you have some Duke Johnson exposure. Sure. You know, if you have some Gus Edwards exposure, sure. Mark Ingram, I I know people are going to play him. I'm not, but okay, sure. But, uh, those are really the three the three guys for me that that stick out in the fourth being Moser. Uh, Maddie, where are you at running back position this week? Yeah, so I just kind of wanted to to jump in on your your Dalvin Cook, uh, your concern with Madison red zone carries this year. Cook has forty six and Madison has twenty seven. So there is a there is a split there, especially once they get in close. Um, I think they feel that that Madison is the bigger back and and Cook is more elusive uh, and better utilized between the twenties. Not saying Cook can't do the goal line work, but they, they do like Madison down there in that goal line role. So that's definitely a concern for somebody you're playing. You're paying eight two four um, against one of the better defenses uh, in the NFL. 
I mean, we've seen guys have good rushing games against San Francisco, um, and Dalvin Cook is involved in the pass game. But if I'm going all the way up to eight two, man, it's I think you I think you're just you're playing Derrick Henry at that point. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm right now. I'm at the point where I'm. I don't love Henry enough that I, I'm starting builds with him. But if I come across enough value and I have eight eighty two hundred, or I have like seventy nine hundred and can find three hundred dollars to play with, I'll find a way to make Derrick Henry work. Um, because we've seen Baltimore give up these these big games to these more explosive backs. Uh, I mean, Nick Chubb he went for almost two hundred yards uh, that one game against them. Uh, they ranked thirtieth in open field yards this year. Uh, which is uh, carries that go for ten yards or more, so they're they're near bottom of the league there. Their good play has come in, on their defensive line, so it's with them ranking so high on the defensive line, they're like sixth in adjusted line yards, I believe, and then thirtieth in open field yards. That tells tells me they're being pretty aggressive trying to stop the run, and they give up they they lose their discipline in in the gaps, and and guys can get through uh, for for big gains. So. I think Derrick Henry is a very good tournament play, um, and he's going to get all the – they get inside the five, it's, it's going, going to Derrick Henry. So um, I, I think that he's a good tournament play, but I don't think he's this lock that we've seen over the last few weeks because his rushing matchups have been some of the best rushing matchups on paper, uh, that closing, closing stretch of six games or whatever it was, uh, eight or ten games to close the year. Um, there wasn't a single hard, tough rushing, rushing matchup in there. So – It'll be interesting to see what he does in, in Baltimore. Um, outside of that, we talked about Aaron Jones, the usage, usage of, of running backs in the past game in Green Bay. Um, Jamal Williams, he's kind of seen Derek, – Derek kind of pointed this out earlier today. He's kind of seen his role uh, diminish over the last few weeks. Uh, you look at his, his carries and, and targets uh, before you get to, to week 13, and, and it's double digits um, most weeks. And then you get to week 14, and you start to see – uh, it, it taper off pretty pretty heavily. So th- it's almost like they did start to utilize Aaron Jones more uh, even before Jamal Williams went down with an injury. So I, I do think I prefer Jones over uh, Henry at the moment and saving 800 in salary. Um, because also a note there is Seattle, just, they only rank like 65th percentile targets to the running back position but they rank bottom 12th percentile in, in receiving yards allowed to running backs. So that tells me, despite no volume going to the running back position against them, they're giving up chunks and chunks and chunks of plays um, because they're near bottom of the league in terms of receiving yards allowed to running backs. So you get a guy like Aaron Jones who gets a spike in, in pass game volume potentially, um, and, and you've got a, a tournament-winning play there. Uh, love the Damian Williams call. He's a lock for me. Uh, so that one's pretty straightforward. And, and the other guy I'm on is, is Carlos Hyde. We've, we've picked, uh, picked on KC all year with running backs, uh, and it's, it's still a good matchup for them. And I wonder if we get the, the same treatment that New England gave Derrick Henry last week where they just kind of said, hey, we're going to sit back, we're going to let you run, and we're not going to let your quarterback beat us. We'll slow the game down. Um, I'm not necessarily sure Kansas City wants to slow the game down because they can beat anybody in the shootout. But if I'm Kansas City, I'm not letting Deshaun Watson beat me. I'll let Carlos Hyde beat me. I'm not letting Deshaun Watson beat me. So in a good matchup, Carlos Hyde already smashed him earlier this year. 
And Kansas City, that game he smashed, Kansas City was up 17-3 to after the first quarter. So he still got 26 carries in a game that they were trailing by 14 points in the first quarter. So that tells me he's not as game script dependent as we think he is. And even just last week, down 13 to Buffalo at the half, Carlos Hyde is still getting second half carries. And it's not all Duke Johnson out there. So I'm not as worried about the timeshare or lack of favorable game script for Hyde. It's, it's a really good matchup for him. And I could definitely see him going for 100 yards and a touchdown or two. Derek, go ahead. I mean, a lot of what Maddie said. I, I, I'm not really on Dalvin. Um, I think watching every single snap of that game last week, Dalvin's healthy-ish. But if you look at how he's finishing his runs, he was either going down, running out of bounds, and stuff like that. There wasn't this like he dropping his shoulder and getting extra yards. They they just had. I mean, Minnesota just was manhandling them. Like that, they, they they he had good lanes to run through. I don't know if that's going to be the same for San Francisco. Yes, they could be run on. The thing is, if, if it's tough yards, I don't know if Cook is going to be used as heavily or if they're having that much success because I don't think his shoulder's 100%, and we could see more Madison here than anybody's thinking right now, um, only in the sense of, like, Maddie's talking about the red zone role. If they get in close, my crazy game theories and what I've seen off of, out of last week is right could we see Madison get all the goal line work here and you're paying that much for Dalvin? I mean, yeah, if I'm going to pay that much, it's either Jones or Henry for me. Um, much less like if we're talking about the Vikings getting smashed in the mouth, if that is the outcome, like, yes, they could put up a good game and there are pieces of this game that I like as one offs. But if that's the case, we're talking about Dalvin cook getting there possibly on pass game usage. San Francisco still is, really freaking good against running backs in the past game. They're number one in DVOA versus them. So there's not even a slouch there. So if you're looking at Dalvin not getting there on the ground, I don't know if he's even going to get there in the air. So I'm I'm having a hard time even like talking, finding some edge to talk myself into Dalvin Cook this week. Um, like Maddie's talking about Henry. Yeah, like Baltimore gives a big place to good running backs that can break off long runs. That's Henry in a nutshell. Um, Jones, yeah, like – I like him this week um, for all the reasons that Maddie stated. Um, I will not build a lineup this week, straight up. Will not build a lineup this week without Damian Williams. It's it's not going to freaking happen. I don't <laughs> give a shit. I'm 100% on him. Like, it's – dude, like, if LaShawn McCoy is out, which I don't – I mean, dude, they've healthy scratched him at three different games this year. Like, Damian Williams – is the guy. I don't know. Like, I, I don't think that they've saved LaShawn McCoy for this playoff run. Like, I don't think that they need him. Like, even if he plays, fine. Give me still Damian Williams at 100%, and hopefully that drops his ownership just a tad. Because if anybody's worried about LaShawn McCoy, give me those rumors. I'll take that all day. But I like uh, Maddie's call on Hyde. Um, the, the Texans, Bob is going to do what he's going to do. And Bob, it does not matter <laughs> if they're getting smashed in the mouth. He is going to run the ball. Like, on the year, they're 24th. 24th in passing percentage when they're down and they're trailing by nine points or more. He does not give two shits. And as much as Twitter wants Duke Johnson to be a freaking thing, he's not really a thing. Like, it's just not the case. Like, Carlos Hyde is probably going to get 20 touches in this game. Now, whether he gets 80 yards or 100 yards, dude, if, if Watson didn't run in, this matchup on the ground is so good for the Texans. Like, somebody's getting two tutties here. Like, it's either going to be Watson or Hyde. And whether you want to talk yourself into it, I'm not going to play Hyde and Watson in the same lineup. 
But if I'm running Watson and I'm, and, and I'm a three max player, so if I'm running Watson in one of my lineups, I'm going to have Hyde in another one because I do think that somebody getting two touchdowns on the ground in this matchup, it's just a question on who you tell yourself it's going to be. So if I want to hedge, I'm going to have exposure to both of them. But that's kind of where I'm at on running backs. Um, I, it's a really narrow pool for me. Um, and I don't even know if I get up to Derrick Henry this week with all the wide receivers that I want to pay up for quarterbacks and really honestly how my stacks are going to go. Um, I can see myself full fading that Tennessee and Baltimore game. And it, does it make me feel great inside? No. I mean, my, my butthole is probably going to be puckered all weekend, but <laughs> I, I still like with pricing and stuff and correlations and my stacks, that's, kind of where I'm leaning at least early in the week right now. Kev, lock it up for us. Whew, have to wake up after that, man. Jesus. Like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> my, oh, my first goodness. Of all, first of all, okay, let me tell you all. Oh, here comes the Carlos Hyde hate. Who's ready? Here we no, go. It's not oh, even the, boy. It, it's He's not telling you why Hyde. Kansas City's going to stop the run. No. Do Johnson, baby. It's, it's not. It's Derek fucking Henry is the biggest fucking trap on this entire slate. You go look at, oh, at his numbers. Yeah. Every fucking game or when they're ahead. Look at the games whenever they're, they trail. He scored eight <laughs> against Houston because they were trailing the entire game. He's the most game, game script dependent running back on the slate. The reason everybody didn't play him last week was because they thought there was no way they were going to lose to New England. And now here they're playing Baltimore, nine-point underdogs, and people are going to talk themselves into Derrick Henry. Like, Derrick Henry is the absolute fade. If they get down by two scores, Derrick Henry's done. Like, you will not see Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's not going to have all this opportunity. The only way Derrick Henry makes sense is if you think Baltimore or Tennessee's going to be able to get out to a lead and keep this game close. Because if they don't, Derrick Henry's done. Dalvin Cook is not game script dependent. Dalvin Cook will still be utilized as a pass catcher. He is a three down back and that's why he makes so much more sense at 8K. Is it a great matchup for him? Can things go right? Yes. And at 8K, would I, would I necessarily want to play him? No, probably not. I, 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 there's, I'd rather play other wide receivers. And other, I, I, like, like you guys mentioned, I love Aaron Jones more. I love Damian Williams more. But if I had to make a decision and I had the money between Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry, it is 100% Dalvin Cook all day and twice on Sundays. Derrick Henry, like I said, if you think which everything points to the direction that they're going to get their asses kicked, then you do not play Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry is not going to be in the game. You'll see 10 carries for Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is not utilizing the passing game. And so with that being said, unless, you, unless you're projecting this game to be close or you project this game for Tennessee to have a lead, then, you, then that's the only way you can play Derrick Henry, in my opinion. It is 100% Dalvin Cook over, over Derrick Henry. He has the highest ceiling on this entire slate for running backs. Arguably, next to Aaron Jones, has shown that, that big-time ceiling. But Dalvin Cook is 100% in play at 8K. And, and so, like I said, I would, I, would, I would prefer to pay down the $600 in savings that I'm going to need for Aaron Jones or play a Damian Williams, or I'm perfectly fine playing Mark Ingram at 6,700 at that price. I'm perfectly fine with doing that with him because he can easily find himself getting himself two rushing touchdowns. He's also utilized a little bit in the passing game. And so at 6,700, which is, which is substantially cheaper. So yes, I would be much more uh, inclined to play a Mark Ingram, but for me, it's Aaron Jones. It's a little bit of marking, but it's, it's mainly Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, 
Damian Williams, and I'll probably play a little bit of Travis Homer, and that's about it. I am not messing with Carlos Hyde either. <laughs> I, the, 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 one, I, I heard the we've been targeting oh running backs against the Chiefs all year. I hope you haven't been targeting them all year. Earlier in the year, sure, it, it was a good, it was a good strategy, but the last <laughs> six to eight games hasn't necessarily been the greatest uh, the, the greatest outcomes. Their defense, like I said, have become one of the best in the league over the last six to seven weeks. And so once they added Pennell, once they've added all these pieces they have, I don't want any part of Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde has more opportunity to get you six or eight than anything else. Now, do I understand the play at 5K? Sure. You know, it makes it makes some sense. And there's not a big difference between him and Duke Johnson. I, would I rather play Carlos Hyde? I guess. But I don't want to play any of these running backs that from this game outside of Damian Williams. I, I think it's pretty narrow. I think it's Aaron Jones and Damian Williams. And then if you want to f- throw in a little bit of Travis Homer or something like that, go for it. I I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I just thought that Derrick Henry uh, love fest was stupid. Kansas, oh, my Kansas God. City, you got to love him. You got to love him. Kansas City, week 12, ranked 31st in adjusted line yards, 32nd in second level yards, 24th in open field yards. Kansas City, week 17, 29th in adjusted line yards, 31st second level yards, 25th in open field yards. So, oh, across that five yard that five week span, they've jumped two spots in adjusted line yards, one spot in second level yards, and they've fallen back one spot in open field yards. They they've been the same exact run defense. Now, granted, they might not have given up the same production, like oh, in terms of final box scores, but in terms of the advanced metrics, they're they're the same exact run defense that they've been all year, and. I'm going to target it. Kevin, with Derrick Henry, I mean, like, come on, dude. They commit to him. You, you think about, like, the game of Oakland, right? So, like, they they got, they beat Oakland. Like, the final box score doesn't really paint the picture. Like, Oakland came out to start that game, and Derek Carr was throwing a long bomb touchdown. And it was, like, tied going into halftime and really not anything going. I've seen Derrick Henry, like, rip off 75-yard runs in the fourth quarter, third quarter, and they don't get blown out, really. So, like, if you do paint a picture where the Ravens are blowing them out, then sure. But, like, if if it's the way that Tennessee has usually been playing football, if the, if we've seen anything on the regular season that can come to fruition in this game, they're probably going to be in it. And if they're, if they're down by anything but three scores or more, I, I just don't see them, like, not getting him the ball. Deion Lewis has been popped up on the injury report. Like, A.J. Brown is going to have a tougher, not tougher than last week, but a tough matchup once again. Like, I'm not going to chase Corey Davis once again. I did that last week. I'm done with him. So, like, who else is getting the ball, Kev? Like, they're going to give him so many touches. And, like, Kirk Cousins, I just – Mike Zimmer does like to run the ball. And and I do – like, Cook – has some merit, but if it's down to 200 and I'm going to play one other guy, like I'm not going to play a guy who has the chance to get spelled. Like I'm not going to play the guy who they're running trick plays and letting Stefan Diggs run on end arounds to get him the ball because he's throwing his helmet on the sideline. Like I'm going to get the ball. Who's consistently, I'm going to give the get play a guy who's consistently getting the ball 25 times and they commit their offense to him. And we've seen that. That's why you're a fish. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm a fish. Check check the winnings. Check the winning. I'm just, um, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You don't play. We don't. You shouldn't play running backs who don't get targeted in the passing. To, game. to say it's a trap is just like not. This is a four are game chase play. That. People are going to so chase that. Last week it doesn't matter. He doesn't week. need. He doesn't need to get targets, Kev. Like he's getting the usage on the ground. 
So play play a guy who's play a Travis Homer and like see what that gets you because I know that when they're in the red zone, like this dude is getting the ball. There's no there's no chances around that. Like they they're going to get this ball this ball established with Derrick Henry. He's their best chance to win if this game is three scores or less. I guarantee. You. I mean, I'm just saying. Look, I mean, just what we've been seeing from him. There is merit to playing this dude. And when I'm looking on the slate and looking at the landscape, like, yeah, I could play an Aaron Jones at $800 less. But if he doesn't get there, if Aaron Rodgers is hitting Devontae Adams on all the, you know, 12 targets that he's probably going to see and falls into 30 and Aaron Rodgers has 30 and Aaron Jones just isn't getting there because he's fumbled the ball twice again and then getting benched for Jamal Williams. Like, I mean, we talk about scenarios all the time, but I think Derrick Henry presents himself as one of the safest scenarios to get you to a score that is worth the price tag. We're not talking about 10 K Christian McCaffrey. It's eight two, And if you're not playing Lamar Jackson, then I think Derrick Henry makes some sense on the other side. Because you can do it. My whole thing with Henry and is just that, like, we saw the Titans just basically say, we're going to run the damn ball and run the damn ball and run the damn ball. Because nobody wanted to play Henry. And, and I faded him, too. Full faded him last week. Because, Why? <clears throat> Why did you fade him? Because it was versus the Patriots. And I was like, they're going to stop the run. Okay, and their run defense has arguably been just as good, but open field yards, they're not get they were not giving up <clears throat> the same thing like like him um the Patriots run defense was not giving up the open field yards like the Ravens are. We've seen running backs Mostert smash them in the mouth. We've seen Chubb smash them in the mouth. Running backs that can break off long runs can beat them. And I don't do one of the craziest things that happened last week is the Titans running a two-minute drill by literally running down the damn field. Like, they are committed <laughs> to beating that dude. I don't see a – unless Derrick Henry blows out, like, like he loses a leg. Like, I don't see a way that Henry, even if they get, like, it handed to them. How does Derrick Henry not get 15 to 20 touches? Like, somebody explain that to me because I don't see a scenario where this dude does not get 20 touches. Like that does not happen. Like I, somebody explain it to me because I I don't get it. Like he's gonna get his twenty. It's happened multiple times this year though. That he hasn't got to twenty in the last few weeks though. When has that happened? In, in the last few weeks now. No, no, like look at the weeks that you're referring. But wait, to. Did, but but didn't you just say like early? But didn't you just say you just said you just said don't play Carlos Hyde because you're buying into earlier on the week and they fixed the shit. Okay, so Tennessee fixed this shit with with Derrick Henry. We weren't getting them the ball. Let's get them the ball. Oh my God, look what's happening now. We find ourselves playing in the playoff game when nobody believed that we could be here. Right, but you're looking. I don't like Henry. I'm just saying that there is a way to get there. And you, and you look at the last four or five, whatever you want to, are all games that they were substantially favored. And they'll say that they, they, they won and they were well, ahead or they were very close. They, they were very good rushing matchups. They, they how much were very good last week? What, what, how much was New England favored last week? Uh, it was Honestly, like, I don't know. Three. Was it three? Ooh, it was that close? Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was close. Um, I, didn't, I didn't bet the lines. I don't remember. No. So I, what but I it think. Opened, it opened larger than that. It yeah. opened large. Um, actually, it might have been. It might have been. I think the way that he can get there, I, I, I might have no Henry this week. I'm not saying that that is not definitely in play. 
So I, I do think that depending on ownership, so, so let's say let's, let's, be an let's elite say he does. Play. Let's say he gets you eighty yards and a touchdown. Is that worth it at 8,200? Is that worth it at eighty two hundred? Eighty yards well, and a touchdown. Yards? Eighty yards and a touchdown. No receptions, or we'll say one reception because that's that's about as most he's ever going to get you. Is that worth it? At eighty two hundred, I say absolutely it, not. It's it's not, but that's a that's a scenario that you're talking about. So like the dude could go out there and get eighty yards and two touchdowns. He could go out there and get one fifty and one touchdown. I mean, the reason you're playing him is for his upside, Kev. Like you're not playing him for a scenario where he gets but eighty yards and a touchdown. Like, if he gets okay, that, I, then, I guess let me say this. then okay, me you don't want him. Me, me but to say you're play, not going to have him is ridiculous. At eighty two hundred dollars, who does not who's not involved in the passing game, who I feel like is a heavy heavy underdog in this game. And so if, if, if they're not going to be utilized as a pass catcher, and I feel like that they're going to be down by multiple scores, yes, they may still try to feed him for a time. Who knows? But there's but there's been multiple games. When you go back to earlier in the year when they were struggling as a team and they were down, he, he routinely didn't see 20 touches. You start seeing that number start to rise as, sure. as, as Tannehill came in the game, as they started winning, and they started going on this run. And so – I feel like that people are going to be chasing last week's box score, what we saw from him, and and recently, and I don't think it's going to be that close. I think Baltimore can kick their heads in, and Kev, I think we've been that saying happens, that for seven weeks. We've been saying that for seven weeks, chasing the box score. Well, this so dude's putting me, up numbers. I, but but again, I think I'm, I'm between the, the, the two sides here. Else has been there. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm between. I'm between the two sides here because I think I want maybe. If I'm playing three teams, I maybe want one Derrick Henry team max. Yeah. Like I, I'm not, I don't want anything more than that. And if I'm, let's say, a 20 max player, I definitely would be underweight on the field, whatever the field is going to come in at. But just to to kind of to back up Kevin a little bit, something I never do. Um, <laughs> if you if you look at week nine is when he started going on his tear. He played Carolina, one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Kansas City, one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Jacksonville, one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Indy, not a good run defense. Oakland, they've been better, but they had their spots where they weren't very good. Houston, not a good run defense. Houston, again, not a good run defense. And then I think New England, What so what I think New England said last week was, our offense isn't good enough to try to shoot out with anybody. So let's let let's let Tennessee take the air out of the ball and, and just run the clock down. And we'll just score one more point than than Tennessee scores. I mean, they he ran for what one eighty, yep. And they scored two touchdowns as a team. Like I, that's I think New England's game yeah. plan was fine. Let Derrick Henry one run wild. We're, we don't want to get in a shootout with you. <laughs> and that's I he think hard to that multiple times, Matty. I mean, they they let Gore go for a hundred. We've talked about this in previous weeks. That yeah, I I I definitely see there's credence there. Yeah. yeah. So I think I, that I think that if Henry is going to be popular here, I this is definitely the worst matchup he's had since week nine, other yeah. than the New England game last week. But I think New England's game plan was to kind of let Henry do his thing and to just kind of say, well, let's just make this a low scoring game and that's how we're going to beat you. And so I think I, yeah. I think you could see Henry come in pretty popular, but I'm not sure because it is Baltimore and he is 8-2. Um, yeah, but there, I, there, I, just I just don't know he's if he's going to be popular enough is what, yeah. is my, what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and in single entry tournaments, I, I like Henry because I'm not playing Lamar, I don't think. So I'm, I'm going to play one of these guys in that game, I, I feel like at this point um, in my builds. And the, the other thing about it is Baltimore's secondary also got a hell of a lot better 
to in to in this season. And so, like, even in games like Derek brought up the Cleveland game, they went by 15. Chubb went is putting up usable score. Like Mixon, the Bengals got blown out 41 to 7 or whatever the fuck it was. Mixon had 30 touches, 114 yards. So it's like unless this game goes crazy out of out of reach and they, you know, they're, you know, AJ Brown's going for a 70-yard bomb and they can figure out a way to get him involved or or something else happens, he is going to see work here. And if he's going to see work, that's going to increase his chances to put up a usable score. And, I, and I've seen it happen. So I, I and I think that with the past couple of weeks, I think that people are looking at, OK, Tennessee's on the road. We haven't seen Baltimore in a little bit, but we like Baltimore. We've seen Baltimore blow teams out. So how can I play a running back on this slate at 8-2 in a matchup where I think they might get blown out? And that's going to suppress his ownership. Like, I think he is going to come in lower than we're having this conversation about because of how the slate presents itself. And I think Damian Williams is going to be chalk, but good chalk. People are going to want to play Aaron Jones and people are, you know, Cook is going to be lower owned than Henry. I do agree with Kev on that. But the upside that you're getting out of Henry in this matchup from what we've seen previously on how teams have handled Baltimore and not straying away from what they want to do, I think gives him credence to get to what you need him to get to. And it's like it's 8-2. It's not like it's 9-5 or 10K. It's it's definitely reasonable. That That's that's just my feelings on it. I so. think it all comes down to ownership, man. I think, I think it's it really, really comes down to ownership. If, if he's not carrying any ownership, then, yeah, like Maddie's talking about, I'm one of three on him. Um, I'm not locking him. Um, if he's super damn popular, then yeah, he's an easy fade for me. Fair um, enough. I think that's fair. Ownership is is definitely key, and we will be monitoring that as the week goes on. Um, we'll pop over to wide receiver now. Uh, as Kevin's got me heated up, as he loves to do, and <laughs> we'll keep the pod moving along. Uh, we got wide receiver Devonte Adams coming in at seventy six hundred or seventy eight hundred. Excuse me, Tyree Kill at seventy six hundred. Hopkins at 74. Those are your top three price wide receivers this week. You got DK Metcalf, the, the chosen one at 6,800. Tyler Lockett right behind him at 66. Adam Thielen, who's banged up but should play at least is what we think at this point, uh, 6,200. And then A.J. Brown at 6K. Uh, Kev, I'll let you start it off. You haven't been starting off these, so I'll let you start it off. Just let us know where you're at right now and kind of what, what you're leaning to. Um, on this slate with some of these higher price or, or 5k and below are there people that are sticking out to you 100% in on Tyreek Hill I think he has that game break or that slate breaking upside he might have the highest ceiling of any you know non quarterback on this entire slate um, somebody who can put up 40 plus so you know I, I think you start with him I think there's a decision to make now between you know the the appeal with Metcalf compared to Lockett last week was Metcalf was one, I mean, his price was substantially cheaper. Now you're looking at a $6,800 DK backup, which I still like. I mean, I, I don't think right. that price is that egregious um, for his for what he's able to do. Um, though I do think Ty, uh, Tyler Lockett is, is a little bit more of a sexy play, especially at 6,600. I mean, he dropped pretty significantly from what he was at last week. I think he was at 7,600 last week, so almost a full K down from him. So I, you know, I, I like Tyler Lockett at 6,600. Um, Steph, Stephon Diggs at 5,600 is just entirely too cheap. I think Adam Thielen should be also higher than that as well. I'm surprised he's still also that, that cheap. Um, 
you know, we kind of talked about this last week. Um, I know me and Maddie went back and forth talking about it, but, you know, Adam Thielen was a guy that most of the year was, you know, it, or before his injury was a guy who was 7K plus. And getting him at 6,200 is just a little bit too cheap for me. Uh, we, you know, I already mentioned with San Francisco, they have struggled, um, especially recently um, on the defensive side of the ball with their secondary and everything else. So I think targeting some of these Minnesota wide receivers who are um, underpriced. I mean, Stephon Diggs at 5,600 is ridiculous. And, you know, again, he's somebody with that, that, that kind of uh, that 30 point upside on this slate. Um, other than that, I really like Debo Samuel at 5,200. I already said I really like Will Fuller. I'm going to want to try to pay up at running back. So I think paying down at some of these other wide receivers <coughs> is where, where to go. Um, Alan Lazard, and then, you know, making a, a decision here. I mean, Sammy Watkins at 4,300 is almost like makes you like tempts you to want to play him because like 4,300 is so damn cheap. But the dude has been straight garbage. For most of the entire season, McCall Hardman. I think if, you know if you're wanting to pay really far down, like I like that matchup, and I think with him that you know he's somebody that they try to put in a bunch of different situations, try to get, hit the ball in his hand in many different ways. They will target him deep as well, and so I think he is in play. As far as the sit, the, the like the sub 4K, there's just nobody that I really want to play. Like, like I don't know, like a Jake Kumro or something was like a complete dart though. But like I just oh don't play like any of these guys <laughs> at all in and in, in, in the four in the sub four K range. You know I don't mind David Moore again uh, last week who's now thirty nine hundred. But I think that was about as low as I would even think about going. Derek, where you where you at? Go ahead. Uh, I mean, dude, I don't have to give you a lot of stats. A- Adams and Hill are both damn good. I mean, their their target shares, their roles, and their offenses. Um, if these games, I mean, the, the offenses run through both these wide receivers. Hill is just a, it's a matter of fact of how Casey is going to attack the secondary. Um, I mean, last week I was on Cole Beasley because they're 30th in DVOA versus short passes. And that's really part of Hill's game this year. Like he's not just a deep bomb threat. So going against the Texans, I like the McCole Harbin call because I think if you're going with a secondary wide receiver and you want to get value and stuff like that, it's it's him. I could see him having being that second wheel tied to Mahomes. If you're stacking Mahomes, going uh, Hill and Hardman is an interesting route um, because like if I'm talking about like we're talking about yards after the catch with the Texans, they give up big plays, but it's not because they go like people just chucking bombs against them. They give a big plays because they can't tackle worth a shit. Like, they are third in the league and most yards after a catch allowed. And that's basically Tyreek Hill and Hardman. That's their game, man. That That's what's happening. So, I like both of them. I'm really big on DK, and it's not recency bias. I think Kevin King is absolute trash. And people want to talk about, oh, you fade wide receiver cornerback matchups and blah, blah, blah. Man, whatever. I'm not about that life. If they want to talk about defense, doesn't matter. You're talking to the wrong damn person. If you don't want to sit here and take the time to sit here and break down corner to back matchups, then bro, be lazy and, and I'll keep stacking cash. But uh, I, DK Metcalf is going to see Kevin King uh, about eight. They play on the same side of the field. Ke- Metcalf plays on one side of the field about 70% of his snaps. And Kevin King is bad. Like the last five weeks have padded his stats immensely. The Packers have played garbage passing offenses over the last five weeks. Previous to that, Kevin King was being given it up, man. He's given up, and it's right in DK Metcalf's wheelhouse, man. Nine go routes on the year. Five of those he's given up for catches. Three of the touchdowns, the all the touchdowns this year for Kevin King have been on A dots above 16. That amounts for 20% of DK Metcalf's target percentage over the entire season. 
So you're talking about a guy that has problems covering deep versus a receiver that that is what he does. He runs deep. So I think if anybody talking about, oh, well, you chasing points and stuff like that, I'd really – there's not been a lot – the field is sharper, and that, that is a fact. And I wonder how much of the field is not willing to run it back with DK Mecca being like, ah, he's probably not going to do it two weeks in a row. And I definitely think that there's a scenario here and a matchup here that he can post back-to-back 30 burgers, and that's going to happen here, man. So I, I like DK a lot. I love Stefan Diggs this week. His price, his role, everything. Whether or not Thielen plays, it does not matter for me because Witherspoon, since he has come back from that foot sprain, I do not think this guy is healthy. I don't. I know. I know he's not carrying an injury destination, but if you look at his play, it has fallen off a table. This is a guy like weeks one through three when he was playing, he was he only gave up a twenty five percent catch rate, twenty five and a seventy four passer rating. Since he's come back, this dude's been lit up. Fifty five, fifty seven percent catch rate, five touchdowns on thirty three targets, like. If they're, I don't care, especially if we want to talk about the narrative of the Vikings getting blown the hell out. They're, they have the eighth highest passing rate when they're trailing by nine points or more. I love Stefan Diggs. I feel like people are not going to play him because it's San Francisco. And this is a dude that visibly was pissed off on the sideline. Whether or not Thielen plays, I really want, like, I'm close to maybe locking Stefan Diggs. So that's how much I'm in on this dude this week. Um, as far as other plays, I love Debo Samuel. The fact of the matter is, is that if you're looking at trying to figure out where the ball goes for San Francisco, yes, it's a damn headache. But the differentiation between him and every other spot on that team, as far as receivers goes, this dude has a floor and ceiling little additive to him and what he's doing on the ground. Uh, since week 13, he's had a rushing uh, a rushing attempt in every single game. Over that span... 1.8 rushing attempts per game, 20, uh, 20-ish yards a game. He's had two red zone carries this season, and he leads the team in red zone targets. you got to love Debo, and if it's, you're picking one guy to sit here and do a one-off uh, for the 49ers, it's Debo for me. And I don't really care if he carries a lot of ownership. I do think he probably does because I think he's probably going to be in a lot of cash game lineups. But as far as tournament plays, I think a lot of people are going to try to get too cute and go with Emmanuel Sanders. And I really think that if you're picking one guy, uh, Maddie kind of talked about Kittle's matchup. It's not really good. The Vikings can be thrown on, and their team is hurting. They did not do great last last week because their corners played well. They did great last week, and they beat the Saints because their defensive line saved their corners' asses. Alexander's out this week. Curse is bad versus the slot. He's probably going to miss this game, so... They have a warm body they're going to trot out in the slot. Now, Debo's not getting a lot of love in the slot. He's not playing there a whole lot. But Shanahan is actually a good coach and will take advantage of matchups. So to say that they don't run some 11 personnel and get Debo in the slot this week, I think is not giving Shanahan enough love and enough credence. Um, I think that people could talk themselves into Kendrick Bourne because, like I said, the, the, the Vikings are bad in the slot and they're running out like, second and third corners to try to cover that, but I don't see a ceiling with Bourne. If people want to go that way in like 150s, that's fine, but I think my wide receiver pool is going to be very condensed this week. It's Adams, it's Hill, it's Metcalf, Diggs, and Debo, and I might sprinkle in some Lazard as a one-off, depending on how uh, my builds and, and salary goes, because I do like him 
because uh, Seattle's secondary is nothing that you should be scared about. But that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, you guys have hit the nail on the head at wide receiver. Um, Tyreek's the top guy for me up top. Uh, Adams is behind him. So just just by that, we know Hopkins is going to go for 150 and two scores. Um, <laughs> I I think I prefer Lockett over Metcalf this week. I just think I think that Metcalf was a perfect match made in heaven against Philly. Uh, we know you you want to attack Philly with go routes. Um, and I don't. I guess I, what Derek was saying is is they give up a lot. Green Bay gives up a lot of of, of go route production as well. So I guess that is that is a, a boost to Metcalf. But man, we've seen Lockett just take over some of these games where he'll he, he could get up to eighteen targets. And I, he's always been a guy that I don't want to pl- play when he costs seven k seventy two hundred. But sixty six hundred, you start getting down into his range of of he's he's a consistent guy. Um, like you look at his game log is just filtered with double digit DK points. And that's because he's just highly involved in the offense and he's going to get you seven to nine targets on a weekly basis with the the upside of more, especially if the game is a shootout. And we, we mentioned that Seattle doesn't really have running backs. Um, so if that's the case and this game does shoot out, you're going to have to uh, have more Lockett uh, involvement in the offense. And, and we've seen Lockett uh, perform at a level more efficient level than anybody in the NFL over the last couple of years. Um, I, I think he was playing hurt for a little bit towards the end of the season. So that's kind of why his production tapered off, but he's back to healthy eight, seven, seven, nine targets over his last four after seeing four, two and three, the three games before that. Um, so I, I like Lockett here um, and especially like him if he's going to be lower in the Metcalf, but I do think both guys are in play. Um, I love the digs call from Derek. Um, on the same page there, Debo Samuel, love that call as well. Uh, if you're not playing Kittle, I think playing Debo makes a ton of sense. Um, even like D- Kittle's not going to miss the game this week, but if you look at in games that are in, when Kittle has not been on the field, Debo is the main guy that gets the boost in in terms of target share. Uh, with Kittle off the field, Debo's snaps go from fifteen or target share goes from fifteen percent up to twenty one percent. So. He's the main guy that they start to look to when when Kittle is not the main main piece of the offense. So I think if you're if you're playing the Kittle's in the worst matchup on the slate uh, angle, then I think playing Debo Samuel at fifty two hundred makes a ton of sense. Uh, I think Will Fuller's interesting at five k. Uh, he like like Derek said earlier, he scares the shit out of me every time I play him. Um, but we know he's got as high of a ceiling at wide receiver as anybody. Um, Lazard, I would probably only play with Aaron Rodgers. I did a, I did my my other pod earlier tonight with uh, with Bubba, and he was saying that he's seen a lot of chatter on Marquise Brown being chalked this week. Oh man, if that's oh, the case, I can't play Marquise Brown if, despite being forty four hundred. But Lazard is a great damn pivot if that's the case. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, even finding six six hundred or eight hundred for Fuller or Samuel uh, yeah. makes a ton of sense. But I mean. I, I get on board with, with what he was saying because you look in this range and there's not really anybody here mm-hmm. that kind of stands out except you click on Marquise Brown and he's, he's got the highest, uh, I guess, ceiling of any of these guys, maybe outside Theoretically, of Theoretically. He's yeah. only had like two ceiling games and we're, we've been right. chasing that shit all year. And I and like I mentioned at the top of the show, that, that weather for that game could be, could be nasty. So – a guy who relies on a deep ball and in a downpour with twenty plus mile an hour winds is, is as chalk is not necessarily something I want to 
um, put my hard-earned money behind. So, um, and then the note with David Moore, Malik Turner is back pra- practicing in full with Seattle. So I think that's going to cut into the David Moore uh, snap share there because uh, Moore has really seen his snap share uh, increase once he became the only other option because Malik Turner was was getting the run before David Moore was, before Turner got hurt. Um, so, yeah, I mean, wide receivers, like we talk about all these 5K and up guys and it just brings me back to the fact that I don't think I can play Derrick Henry this week because I feel like I need the salary at wide receiver. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to mention Marquise Brown. Uh, I did not <laughs> hear about him being chalk, but I, I do like him. I mean, he's the best option that Baltimore has. And I do want some exposure to that team and that price tag just looks so juicy. I, I will say though, I mean, I, I did build a team that had Derrick Henry and Willie Sneed on it. Um, and it doesn't feel good, but he is the second leading receiver. He's second in air yards, um, second in targets. And, you know, it, no, none of these guys like Miles Boykin or Willie Sneed or Seth Roberts, like none of them really feel good. But if we do, you know, get up in a position where Lamar Jackson is just throwing the rock to everybody and Mark Andrews has been limited in practice. So if you think that he's not going to be out there on a majority of snaps, then I do think somebody will get into fall into a usable score. And these receiver price tags like are are priced in a way where, you know, I, I could see, you know, not having some exposure to them. So I'm still playing around with roster builds, but I, I did need, um, like 4k to get to somebody else, excuse me. And and so I was looking at Baltimore and seeing if there was anything that I could do um, with that. And I just, th- I just think that people are looking at Baltimore and, and saying, okay, who, who sees the most snaps, Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown, and then it's a crapshoot. So all of these guys are just going to be in a clusterfuck and you can't trust them. Not at all. But it, you know, if you're making 20 max teams and anything like that, if you want a dart throw on one of these guys, my, my, Personal option would be Willie Sneed, um, just because of the routes that he's running and the and the target share that he has in relation to the rest of these guys. But um, but other than that, yeah, I, Lazard, I, I talked about it before, like seventeen targets in his past two games, and Rogers trust pretty like everybody's pretty much on a watch list for for Rogers. I feel like like especially in this game, it's a home game. They had to battle hard to get this home matchup. And so if anybody's out there dropping passes or if Jimmy Graham, you know, is out there running the wrong route, like he is on a short leash with these fuckers. So Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, like you got, and Aaron Jones, mind you, you guys better be ready to fucking catch the ball because he is going to be targeting your asses um, a a lot. And at 4,500, you know, why the hell not? It doesn't make me good to play him. Without Rodgers, as I said, I just think that if you're playing a Green Bay receiver uh, naked, so to speak, I think Adams is the play um, and pretty a pretty decent pivot off of Hill um, that's garnering some traction. Uh, I, I love building lineups that have both DK Metcalf and Lockett with Russell Wilson in them because who else is he passing the ball to really? I mean, I, I, I was on the David Moore train with, with this week. Hollister, baby. Hollister, he could he could be there, but the, the way that they were running it last week, it, it just see you know it just seems like 
Lockett was getting hot and it wasn't a good slot matchup at all for, for Lockett, but he, you know, he's going to find a way to get his, he was well on his way. It was unbelievable. His over under on yards was like 64 and a half had 62 in the first half and then didn't catch another pass. So the under worked, but he, he was, he was hot. Um, I just like I just like that stack because I'm getting a majority of that. But tight, we can talk about it next at tight end. Uh, I, I don't mind Hollister, but there's just so many other uh, options that I'm going to before I get to him. But if he if he's there, he's there. Um, I was trying to think if we missed out anything else. Oh yeah, uh, no, we really didn't talk about Hopkins. I mean, th- this dude is going to get targets. He has the second best, I think, according to PFF matchup on the week. Um, and it, 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 like Maddie said, I think it was Maddie or Derek. One of you guys said to start off like, or or Hopkins go out there and get one fifty and a touchdown. And it's like it just feels that way. If if, if Watson is going to be close, I, I don't want to play him naked. I would play him with a Hopkins, uh, with a Fuller. Um, I don't think I could play Hopkins and Fuller without or uh, Watson and Fuller together without Hopkins. But it, I, I do think that I'll find myself making at least one or two teams that have a Hopkins, uh, Watson, and uh, as somebody on Casey, either Hill or uh, Kelsey to run it back because it just, it just Damn. seems like, you know, in order, and of course, Damien, um, it just seems like he's going to have to rely on this guy uh, to have it stay close. And I, I just think he can, you know, fall into some production. He almost did against Buffalo as well, too. Um he, he just always seems to do it. So I, I do like getting some Hopkins exposure on, on Watson seems. Um, if, all right, let's if, move. Oh, go if, ahead. If Fuller's playing that like center field role, what, who's taking Fuller's spot? It's a great question. And where, like, where's Fuller been typically lining up? Is he been playing Fitton. outside? It'd be Rashad. Fitton. Yeah, he's slot. He's Rashad slot. That's right. That's right. Oh, oh yeah. Fenton. Yeah. It's Fenton. Yeah. Benton would be doing that. Yeah, that's right. Um, I guess my only thing with uh, to add on top of this with Hopkins is that I, I can't pay the price tag with him this week considering the other wide receivers because I feel like he's become more of a floor play. I feel like with him, we haven't seen the same type of ceiling. If I'm paying up in that range, that I think that Adams and Hill present a higher ceiling than Hopkins. I even I even prefer Adams' floor to Hopkins as well. That's pretty fair, too, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and, it, it is shitty that you're not getting that much of a discount on him. Yeah, um, just, um, and just to add in Marquise Brown because I I feel like this needs to be talked about because if he's going to be chalk, I, I dug into Marquise um, earlier today um, because I was trying to talk myself into it. Man, I'm just like I feel like we've been chasing the ceiling all freaking year after week one because <laughs> it ingrains in you this dude has this mega ceiling, and then you're just like. Oh, I, I mean, I, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. But it's like, when have we actually seen it? The only other time he's done shit was versus the Rams, and that's when they put Ramsey on Andrews for most of the damn game. And with Marquise, like, I was like, okay, maybe it's the ankle. Well, he hasn't been on the injury report since week 14. And his snaps, hmm. his routes per game have not seen an uptick. So it's not like that was holding him back. If theoretically we say that he's not on the injury report, that he's healthy right now so it's not that he's even getting that much more run like he's been on the field more so I can't talk myself into Marquise Brown after looking at the numbers and snaps and routes and his opportunities there's not been an uptick there so I yeah it's it's Jackson naked if you're going to play Lamar for me 
I, you know, I do like after thinking about it, I do agree that I think Marquise is going to be chalk. Just looking in this low 4K range, there's literally nobody else to play other than Sammy Watkins or Lazard. Yeah. Our <laughs> receiver gets ugly real quick. It gets ugly quick. Yeah. Real quick. Uh, let's talk about tight ends before we go defenses to lock this up. Uh, tight end position, you got Kelsey and K- Kittle at the top, uh, followed by Mark Andrews and, uh, and, Favorite of the pod, Jacob Hollister here is that was Maddie's boy uh, at 4K flat. Um, you know, you got Fells. I think people will go back and play him. It, I think it helped Fells that and will raise his ownership that he was on the Millie last week. Um, I think it also I think I don't know if I've seen anything on Atkins yet, but I know Atkins getting ruled out kind of helped get people onto Fells um, in that earlier game. So. That that would be something to monitor. I'm not going to play him, but uh, I think people would play him on Deshaun Watson stacks. Uh, Johnu Smith goes from being one of the highest priced tight ends to uh, one of the lowest here, or that are usable at 3,400. And then Kyle Rudolph catches that bananas touchdown at the end to win the game. I saw seven targets, so pretty decent. But the touchdown definitely helped get him to his upside. Jimmy Graham has a great matchup. I guess you could say uh, going against Seattle, which was, you know, Jim and Zach Dallas Goddard with Zach Ertz being banged up last week, um, saw seven targets in his last game. But again, you know, it, it, they just him and Rogers haven't been on the same page all year. It makes it really tough to, to play him uh, or to trust to play him. So I don't know how you play him outside of on Aaron Rodgers stacks. He just seemed he just seems washed. Uh, I, I also saw people talking about, if they should play Hayden Hurst or Nick Boyle, um, they <laughs> you can't trust. I, you just can't trust it. Like uh, if Mark Andrews was ruled out, whatever. But Mark Andrews on the field, like that dude is only on the field to run routes. Like he's not blocking at all. Even if Andrews is dead, I'm not even going that way. There's no, there's no damn way, dude. Like, I'm playing no. Hollister. Log out, Those plays just speak to how much exposure people are trying to get to Lamar Jackson, and then trying to find any rhyme or reason to pair him with some of these guys. So, with tight end, Maddie, why don't you kick it off for us in tight end and kind of what you're seeing and what you like thus far? Jacob Hollister. Okay, I'm done. Who's next? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, but for real, for real. On a, on a, on a slate where we need salary yeah. um, and we know Kittle's – like, okay, Kittle is, yes, he's about as close to being matchup proof for a tight end as, as you can be. But Minnesota has faced – a. I mean, yeah, Minnesota has faced a gauntlet of tight ends this year. They faced Kelsey. They faced Ertz and Goddard. They faced Hunter Henry. Uh, they played Hollister. They played Evan Ingram. Um, and I know there's there's another big name guy that I'm leaving off, um, but it, it's not coming to the top of my head. They've given up zero touchdowns to the tight end position, playing all those top tier tight ends. I'm not paying six two for a tight end going against a defense that's that's just not allowing. It's like they they get into the red zone and they just they just suction in towards the tight end position and, and don't allow any touchdown production there. Sure, he may catch passes between the twenties and and have have a good yardage total, but. I'm I'm just gonna he's gonna probably have to score two touchdowns really to burn me, um, mm-hmm. at 6,200 at the tight end position because you playing him there you're gonna have to get kind of gross at, at wide receiver um, or probably running back to be able to 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 afford that so I'm just gonna play Hollister at 4K uh, against a Green Bay Packers defense that's giving up uh, 15 DraftKings points per game to opposing tight end ones. 
Um, they're allowing 67 yards per game to tight end ones and almost half a touchdown a game uh, to tight end ones. So you're looking at bottom six percentile uh, fantasy production to the tight end position, despite a 34 percentile of target share against them. So a very, very inefficient defense uh, against the tight end position. And, and again, it goes back to, um, I think you got to get that Seattle Green Bay game right. Hollister doesn't cost anything. He's third on the team in red zone targets, and he's played half the half the year in, in a prominent role uh, after Disley got hurt. Yeah, it's it's Hollister for me at, at tight end at 4K, and I'm just not going to get get cute with it. He's got the highest ceiling, and at his at his price, he's got a good floor too. Yep, yeah, I'll just piggyback on this. It's Hollister lock for me. Um, it. I get Kelsey and Kittle's ceilings. I absolutely understand, and I'm not saying that they're not in play, but I think that you're looking for value on this slate. And if we're talking about that, the running back position, there's nobody in the 4K range that you're going to sit here and go for. If you're paying up for Kittle or in Kelsey, then how else are you finding the value? We talk about wide receivers. In the 4K range, they're terrible. Like, it's absolute garbage. So if you're looking at a 4K play, Hollister is – there's nobody that's close to him in that, like, at 4K. Like, yes, Lazard, I get it. But with his matchup, I mean, I'm just going to – Maddie talked about how bad that Green Bay is versus tight ends. They're 24th in DVOA. Here's stat lines that tight ends have posted against them. Caden Smith, 8, 6, 70, and 0. Kittle went for 129 of 1. Olsen went for 898. Dusty-ass Greg Olsen went for 8 and 98. <laughs> Henry, 7 for 84. Kelsey, 4 for 63. Waller broke the damn slate. Goddard and Ertz combined for 981 and 1. We've seen Seattle use their tight end and use Hollister. I mean, we talk about the funnel and, and the, the flow charts and stuff like that. Hollister has been utilized whenever the matchup is called for it. And this week, the matchup calls for it. And if we're looking for value, it's so easy to sit there and lock him in and, and just get the, the, uh, the 6K play at other positions because if you're looking at it okay if i'm paying Kel- playing kelsey and you want to play kittle and you're comparing them and using them and saying okay well for their roles and their 6k wide receivers there's other 6k wide receivers or hell even with debo 5k wide receivers that can match that production and but you're saving it with hollister so i know kevin's probably going to come in and squash my hollister talk but go ahead bud i don't have anything else to say go, move forward with defenses <laughs> Did you have a stroke? Wow. That is fantastic. I mean, it's very limited. I mean, there, there's no Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I just, I just, this is rare for us. I mean, I feel like we're building bridges here, Kev. I mean, you got to, if it, of course, you know. I was waiting I, for I, some I Jeremy the, Sprinkle action. The only thing I would say is if you want to get cute, is instead of playing Tyreek, we'd be dropping down from Tyreek and playing Kelsey in, in his place. Yeah. And playing and yeah. playing a uh, which would save you a little bit more money. What they're about a twelve hundred dollar difference between the two of them. Um, we already talked about you know Houston being terrible against you know the short and the middle uh, intermediate pa- or intermediate passes. Um, so you know that's where Travis Kelsey eats. And so if you want to play Travis Kelsey at sixty four hundred versus Tyreek, I think that's certainly a, a, a place you can go to and to get a little bit different. You know, in, in a stack versus you know a Tyreek. So. Yeah, I mean, but it's going to be tough to pay up for these. If, if that's not what you're going to do, uh, it's almost impossible to kind of get to these guys with, with everything else that you want to do, with, with everything being so tight. And so, you know, playing Kelsey or Kittle is going to be really tough. So what are the other options? It's fucking Jacob Hollister and then a bunch of fucking bums and, uh, that you're hoping for. You know, to be honest with you, though, if, like if Jimmy Graham gets for 3,300, if he gets you three catches and 40 yards, you're not mad about that at all. You're probably pretty fucking happy about it, to be honest with you, because <clears> – <throat> 
There's not much on here. There's not much upside outside of the top three guys. Um, past that, I think most of them yeah. have somewhere in the range of three to fifteen fantasy points. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'll, I'll, story too about Kyle no, ahead, at thirty four hundred. You know, if you want to play him, you know, he's a red zone, uh, one of the red zone targets, thirty four hundred. Yeah, but I don't love any of these guys that are that are in this range at all whatsoever. And like I said, so you know, if Jimmy Graham, you play him, who's t- Seattle's pretty bad against tight ends. And he goes out and gets you, like I said, four for 40. Sweet. You're fucking, you're thrilled. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll i just close it up with, with tight end and just saying that, you know, I, I I get paying down. But when you're looking at guys like Mark Andrews and and Kelsey, who book in Kittle there, um, and, and pro football uh, focus, and, and Kev, you, shout out to you for giving me these uh, stats here. So the, the deep passing stats for the tight end, um, for targets on 20 yards or more, Mark Andrews and Kelsey and, and Jimmy Graham actually are the only uh, tight ends that show up on this list. Um, Kittle does not. This is on 50% or more deep targets. So Mark Andrews had 18. Kelsey had 12. Jimmy Graham had 10. Mark Andrews had eight receptions on those 18 targets. Kelsey had eight on 12. And Jimmy Graham had two on 10. Uh, Mark Andrews uh was right behind Kelsey in yards, 274 to 224, and then touchdowns, uh, three for Kelsey, four for Andrews. Uh, Jimmy Graham had, of course, zero. Um, so when you're looking at big plays and what the tight end position could offer, like, yeah, Kittle it, it gets targets, but they are like in the middle of the field and kind of as that security blanket for uh, for Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, Kelsey and Andrews will actually go out there and like legit be running like wide receiver routes um, for, for these teams. So, uh, so uh, I, I do like those two guys more at the top end if I am paying up. And I do like Kelsey more because I'm having more exposure to Pat Mahomes than Lamar Jackson. But I just wanted to say that. Derek, I know you got to hop off. So I, I appreciate you hopping on and any last words before we let you go. Yeah, sorry guys, I got to roll to the to the real nine to five. But um, no, nah, man, this has always been a blast. Uh, thank y'all for having me again. I hate that I got a I got a bus out here early, but uh, it's always awesome, man. Thank y'all. Uh, it's good to be able to chop up a, a short slate and uh, find some leverage on some good spots here. Just give us before really you go, appreciate just it. give us uh, just give us your your one play for the the millie maker that we're going to put together or whatever the lineup we're going to put together. Who's your play? It's Stephon Diggs. Oh, Put him in there. Right. Digs in and, uh, and Derek's name. Hell yeah. You got it. We got you. All right. That's that's Derek Brown. D bro underscore FFB is where you can find him on Twitter. Derek, appreciate you as always hopping on, making time for us. Absolutely, guys. Much love. Hey, All right, fellas. Let's go. We, we're almost there. We're closing out the podcast with defense. Uh, just talk to me about what your who your favorite defense is. Kev, start with you. Uh, I, I like the Packers at 2,800. I don't know. Like, I would just rather probably just pay down and take a some you know shot at you know a, a Packers or maybe a Seattle defense. But I mean the Ravens certainly at thirty six hundred. Um, you know probably the best matchup on this slate uh, next to. I think uh, I think San Francisco is going to be pretty popular at three K. But you know I, I would just rather probably just play the Ravens, Packers or Seattle. I think teams that can uh, rush the passer. No green or no KC for you. I mean, yeah. I mean, but they're thirty two hundred. They're the second highest price. I mean, I probably won't even play any any Ravens. It'll be very very small amount of Ravens. Just paying thirty six hundred. I'm trying to get. Uh, I'm trying to 
you know, save as much money as I possibly can. I don't mind the Chiefs whatsoever. Uh, home matchup, you know, nine and a half point favorites. Uh, a lot of things make sense. Uh, Kansas City's a super aggressive defense. They're going to sell out. To stop, you know, um, they're going to send. They're going to send the house as much as they possibly can. And so, you know, we know that Deshaun Watson tends to take a lot of sacks. So, you know, they they certainly could wrap up. You know, a, a you know, wrap up, you know, five to six sacks in this game and possibly find the end zone with one. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to play Kansas City, certainly, but it's just tough to play them at 3,200. Uh, yeah, no, I hear, I hear you, Kev. My, mine for me is the Vikings. They're 2,700, uh, talking about saving salary and uh, going with defenses that just have been consistent uh, all all year. Um, you know, Minnesota, they're, they are on the road against San Fran, but I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo make mistakes. Um, they're, they're pretty – they're going to – you know, try and lean on the run. And I, I just think they're an opportunistic defense and they're trying to force fumbles. And what they did last week against the Saints really showed me that they, you know, are really coming into these playoffs to play. So at 2,700, I think, you know, I can feel comfortable with them getting a couple sacks here on Jimmy G, uh, hopefully getting a turnover and uh, getting around, you know, seven, eight points out of the defense here with none of these other ones killing me too much. Um Maddie, what say you? Uh, I think Tennessee is interesting in the bad weather game, if that's the case. Twenty four hundred. Okay. And, and if you're fading all the, if you're fading Lamar at a high price, I mean, you don't want him to break sure. the slate. So, um, yeah, to, I I always punt defense. It's a lot, usually the last thing I, I fill my team with. So, um, I already know I'm going to need all the salary I can get, like Kev said. Um, so yeah, I I think Tennessee is probably where I'm going to end up with most of my builds. Okay. that That's fair enough. Just real quick uh, with Lamar Jackson being on the other side, I'm, I'm not even sure what his sack rate is or how many times he's been sacked this year, but just knowing that he rushes and is, could be trying to avoid sacks there. If he is able to put up points, Howard, what are you expecting for points wise out of this defense? Um. Well, I mean, you look at it really like throughout the, like if you're looking at each team, um, I'm not one to, to pay up for defenses. So the teams that are most likely to, you know, force a bunch of turnovers are the ones that are up top. So like the Ravens mm-hmm. or, or the Chiefs um, or the 49ers. And I just don't see myself getting there. Um, but I mean, if you're playing in a in a, a bad weather game against a team that's going to run the ball with their quarterback a lot, um, I mean, maybe you luck into a, a fumble recovery touchdown or something yeah. or uh, the ball slips out on, on a, on a, uh, option read. Um, you know, the weird things can happen in, in bad weather. So, uh, I'll, I'll take my, my high variance chances. I just don't see Rogers doesn't throw interceptions at home. Um, Seattle and green Bay, uh, don't want to play Houston. They can't get any pressure on the quarterback. Um, they are just not a good defense at all. At least Tennessee is like somewhat reasonable of a defense. Um, I guess Minnesota's okay, but they're pretty banged up, and I'm not I'm not sold on 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 what they did in, in New That's Orleans. I, I I think uh, I think I'll save the 300. If I had the 300, though, I'd I'd probably maybe take a shot on on Minnesota, um, just to kind of even out my exposures. But yeah, t- it's Tennessee yep. and Minnesota for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
Guys, that's the Divisional Round podcast for the DFS D-Gen Nation. Uh, we are going to get in, even though Derek left us, he did give us one play. So we are going to get in to this Millie build, as it is a tradition. We always do it. Did it last week. Didn't go out so hot for, for Kevin and I, even with the pivots that we made on Joshua Perkins. But uh, we're, we're here to bounce back again with the TQE. So, Kev, let's get into it. Let's build this Millie Maker D-Gen Nation team. I'll let you kick it off. Let us know what we're doing well. Derek really kicked it off with the Stefan Diggs, but you go ahead and uh, make the second pick here. All right, Damian Williams at 6K goes in. Maddie, you go ahead. Hollister. Uh, open slate. Do I play Derek Henry or no? Um, let's, uh, let's go Pat Mahomes. I really like the Mahomes-Williams stack and just get all the Chiefs points. Yeah, I feel, I feel good about this. Uh, Kev, back on you. Let's go with Aaron Jones. So that leaves us 48.75 per player. Yeah, it gets tight, man. Jesus. Right. Uh, mm, I guess if we're running Mahomes, I guess just run it back with Will Fuller. That's fine. And if he if he doesn't play and we don't use Debo, then and we've got 200 left over, then just play Debo. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play Kelsey in the flex. Double tight end. I don't actually don't. I mean, I don't hate that. I think Hollister, you treat Hollister like a 4K wide receiver and you treat Kelsey like a 6,400 wide receiver on this slate just because of lack of options. All right, I think this will leave you just enough to probably do what you want to do. So I'm going to go Packers defense. Yep, and Debo Samuel. All right, let's let's lock it in, fellas. So we got Pat Mahomes, quarterback at the top, Damian Williams and Aaron Jones are running back, Stefan Diggs, Will Fuller, Debo Samuel at wide receiver, Jacob Hollis start tied in, Kelsey in the flex. And Packers D at twenty eight hundred, which leaves us one hundred on the table for the Millie lineup, and we are submitting that in right now. Obviously, things can change. We will be monitoring Will Fuller's status as we don't. He hasn't been ruled in officially. Is that correct, guys? Uh, yeah, they're optimistic that he's going to play. Um, okay, but it's they sound. It sounded like he was close last week. Um, so you would think that he's going to play, but I mean, they haven't, they haven't really said one way or the other. It's okay. definitely, you definitely got to pay attention to it. Yeah. We'll be paying attention for it and, uh, haven't, haven't even said anything. So let's plug the Slack. Slack chat is free for the DFS Gen nation. If you guys aren't in it already, hop on Twitter, DM the Gen nation pod. We'll get you DFS Gen nation pod. We'll get you right in there. Or you can DM Kevin at fantasy rat 13. He'll gladly get you in too. A lot of fun that we're having over there guys. And only two, technically two more slates left of the season. I believe so re- really crazy that we're kind of winding down towards the end of the year. Um, but it, it was fun. It's fun to talk to divisional round, fun to shoot the shit, talk shop with Maddie Dickinson and Derek Brown from the TQE, the dynamic duo there at the TQE. If you guys aren't following on Twitter, I don't know what you're doing. Derek Brown is D bro underscore FFB and Maddie Dickinson at Maddie DTQE. Maddie, for uh, Derek's behalf, you got any last words for us or got anything to plug? Nah, I, I, this, like I said, this is the, probably the last slate that I'm going normal volume on uh, before I cut back on the, the championship slate and the, and the Super Bowl showdown. Um, so looking to go out with a bang and uh, hoping enough. you guys do the same. 
Fair enough. God, God bless the Super Bowl showdown. You know, shout, shout out to the showdown because we used to have to play Pro Bowl players, and I did it. Yeah. Um, so uh, that oh, was a rough fun. time. But, uh, but uh, you know, shout out to the Super Bowl showdown. I'll, I'll have some exposure in there, definitely. And, and Maddie, I meant to ask you this earlier, but it's is it contingent on any teams making it, or are you definitely like no matter what, this is the last week you're going heavy? Not yeah. It's just – Two game slates are they get kind of rough. I mean, th- even this four game yeah. slate that we're looking at is is pretty tight, um, and it it turns into a, sp- a lot of split pot. And uh, me as a tournament player, you get a lot of a lot of t- people have the same lineups, um, especially right. if you're looking at next week, possibly Lamar and Mahomes uh, as the two quarterbacks to pay up for. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side is probably uh, you got Jimmy G, Kirk Cousins, uh, Russ, or or Rogers. So. Um, yeah, it's I don't know. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a kind of a wonky slate where everybody's just going to stack up Baltimore, Kansas City um, for good reason. But um, yeah, it's just I, I just think that next week's going to be pretty chalky and you'd have to force yourself into doing something that you don't really want to do. And with that, I'll just play less money on that. Fair enough. Uh, Kev, talk to the people. Any last words on behalf of the DFS DJ Nation? Just go out there and win that money, you know. Uh, you know, I guess we're 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 gonna do another pod next week. I think we are gonna record it on Wednesday, yes. I believe that's correct. So that'll be the last one of the year. It's been a fun year. I've had a lot of fun. We appreciate Maddie and uh, Derek coming on and uh, jumping in with us. Yes. It's been a lot of fun every every week, even though we uh, uh, we tend to get into some uh, heated debates because you know I'm not a fish and I don't. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a little more contrarian, I guess, than others. But um, and I tell you guys why you're wrong. But uh, you know, and on top of that, I think we're like seventy some days away from opening day. So that's when the yeah. you know, that's when the real grind starts for Maddie. Whenever he's out here grinding, uh, uh, you know, BVP every every day, and uh, you know, and then that, that that's type of stuff with the opening day starts here. Not soon. BVP, but everything else. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> White hey, Sox looking okay this year. Hey, I'm trying to tell you. Hey, I'm not talking, I don't want to talk. About, I don't want to jinx them. But yeah, the, the, the White Sox look uh, look for real. I mean, the Cubs. Uh, hey, you know it was fun. They had a couple year run. You know, back better luck the, next year. Huh? <laughs> better luck next year for the yeah. Cubs. Yeah. You gonna put put some money on the future, Kev? Hey, the 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 it's so bad. It's, it's bad to be a Cubs fan, man. When the White Sox outspend you, the, the Cubs haven't signed a single free agent this entire offseason. Spent zero dollars. Hey, last time we spin, it didn't work out so well. So, are the White Sox going to win the Central? Or are they going to lose to the Twins? I don't know. I think I think it's tough. Like, I, I'm not all those people that think the White Sox are just a lock to win the Central now. Like, they still have a lot of young talent. Things are going to have to come together. Luis Robert, Nick Madrigal are going to have to come together. Their pitching staff is still a little suspect. Um, let's see how Michael Kopech and you know Dylan Cease pan out if they, if they can do anything. So, th- there's definitely some. Eloy's got to be better this year too. Yeah, and so you know, Luis Robert coming in, and you know, he looks like he could be a stud. But I, I could see that where where things don't go as as well as people think that's going to. Maybe they're a year away, but they're really smart with the way they spent the money. They didn't go mm-hmm. out and just throw all this insane money for multiple seasons. That most of these guys are signed to one or year two, one or two year deals, so they really left themselves a lot of flexibility because this window is wide open. I think they're. I mean, this window is a good five, six, fix five, six, seven year window that they're in. Like this isn't some short little window that they're trying to maximize. So. While they went out and spent a lot of money this offseason, right. I think they spent it very wisely with Encarnacion, who got a one-year deal with the club option. Uh, C-Shack got a one-year deal with the club option. I mean, basically outside of, you know, uh, <laughs> Grandall. I mean, he, you know, Maddie's like, hey, I'm out, dude. Like, I, I got time to listen to this. He, he just bounced. 
anyway, so it'll be fun. I'm excited to see what the White Sox do this year. But That's what's up. Well, we appreciate you guys listening again, once again, to the DFS DJ Nation pod for the divisional round. On behalf of the TQE guys, Maddie Dickinson and Derek Brown, again, you can find them on Twitter at MaddieDTQE and at DBro underscore FFB, respectively, for Kevin Steele at Fantasy Rat 13 and myself, Ryan Williams, at Ryan Alexander underscore W. We're signing off for the DJ Nation pod. Best of luck to you guys in the divisional round. Catch us on the Slack chat. And if not, we'll see you next week for the championship round. Until then, we out. Peace. You think you can tell me what to do? You know who you're talking to?